this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we're talking to cool people doing cool things. And we are in the time of coronavirus, which has changed a lot of these stories pretty dramatically. My guest today is Sam Shelberg, and he is with SK Coffee. Hi, Sam. Howdy. Uh, we were talking about that things have changed for a lot of people in light of this coronavirus situation that we're in. Tell me how it has impacted you like from the minute that you had that thought of like, oh gosh, this is going to hit me. Yeah. So, so it, we have kind of an interesting story first, I guess I should say thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Um, really excited to be talking to you um, and be uh, part of this amazing makers community within Minnesota. When I moved from Boston, I was originally from the twin cities. I, was living out there, started the business out there kind of out of my apartment and had no idea just how fantastic the makers community is here in Minnesota. So anyways, just wanted to just wanted to I love to hear that. There. Yeah, it's um, I don't want to say it's better than Boston, but you can read between the lines if you, <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, but uh, no, it's very good to be back anyways. So, you know, right into this coronavirus thing, I think what was it, what was interesting for us is that we had, you know, we had sought to, I, I started SK Coffee as a subscription online service. Yep. It was the, it was sort of the, the only way that I could really do business in the beginning, right? I could, I certainly couldn't afford rent in, in Boston, right? Right, um, for a coffee shop, um, sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. And not to mention a roastery. It's, it's near impossible to stand up a roastery operation in Boston. Um, but, uh, but, but anyways, we, we, we started the business as a subscription service. And, and when, when I moved the, when I moved the roasting operation back here to the twin cities, you know, it was it, our identity as a kind of online coffee company, um, I, I definitely don't want to say that I was embarrassed of this by no means at all. It was just like, wow, there's so many awesome coffee houses and coffee shops here. Like, I kind of really want to be like one of these folks, right? Um, mm -hmm. But we kind of tried to stay stay in our lane and really build this this foundation. But in recent months, um, probably over the last six months, we've been we've been in. Um, conversations with uh, some building developers, um, Chicago-based actually, but had uh, purchased a large building here in uh, St. Paul from a local um, developer. And essentially, it's sort of the serendipitous experience where it worked out perfectly for us and for them to start conversations to build a coffee bar and essentially retail roastery in the lobby space of this building. Um, and I don't mind telling you, it is the Vandalia Tower where Lake Monster Brewery oh, is. Oh, yeah. Pika. Yeah. yeah. That's an yeah, excellent so, building and an excellent location. Oh, my gosh. It's just so exciting. So many awesome makers, too. I think um, Excelsior Candles in here, mm -hmm. Dapper Wolf um, Barbershop. I mean, it's just really, really cool stuff. So, you know, we over the last six months, sort of that has been our trajectory, right? And we've been focusing really hard on that and our sort of wholesale business we kind of see ourselves, we've, we've built a foundation of these sort of three sales channels, sort of wholesale, you know, grocery stores, co-ops. We have this, um, this coffee bar retail location that is coming. And then we had our online business. And 
And while that online business was the foundation, like I said, over the last six months, we've really been focusing on those other two. And when Corona hit, all this is to kind of come back to your question, which is those two channels essentially came to a a grinding halt in terms of growing strategy, right? So we we we're in Kowalski's, we're in the Wedge, Linden Hills, so we're we're in and, and Tear Market and, and some other places. But you know, growth strategy for all businesses right now is just basically non-existent. Right? Yeah, it's stalled um, because even if you are fortunate enough to have your product in a grocer, the communication has not been awesome. The grocery stores are just doubling down on employees and operations, so it's not like they're hanging out talking about the new vendors they're going to bring in. It's just no. sort of just stopped. No, no, exactly. And even I literally right right before this uh, th- this conversation, I made a delivery to one of our Kowalskis, and it was. It was, you know, I think everybody you can sense is kind of on edge right now. And there's there's zero. I mention this simply because it's sort of uh, seeping into everybody's lives. Right. In in unknown and known ways. Um, and just all these to your point, the conversation was so transactional. I was just like, here's my thing. Scan them. See you. Bye. Yep. And, you know, it used to be where I'm, I'm, I'm talking with the buyer in the back and we're just conversing, seeing how their weekend was or whatever. And, and, you know, those kind of back end conversations are, are slowing down and basically they're just not, we, we can't have them. They're, they're too busy right now yep. at the grocery stores. And I think a big, a big thing for us as a new kind of premium product brand on the shelves at, at these grocery stores, like our demoing schedule is so important. And I'm sure you've talked to a lot of other makers who are on shelves at grocery stores saying the same thing, that those demos and talking to each individual customer now more than ever, I'm realizing just how important every individual customer really is to the growth and sustainability to your business. And one person told me that 30 that sampling represented 38% of her sales in the grocery store. So her fear was if she couldn't sample, why would someone pick her premium product over, you know, something next to it that's maybe a little bit cheaper and you don't know the story, but it's just put it in your cart and go. Exactly. No, it it that it takes the words right out of my mouth frankly. It's it's I wish I could say what percentage it is, but certainly those grocery sales have have kind of plateaued in a way um, just just simply because of those conversations. Um, And and even, you know, digital, you know, we've been really pushing hard into. So obviously everybody's going digital now. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and so we've been trying our best into kind of. doing digital advertising around specific zip codes or whatever, where our grocery store partners are, but still that, that doesn't quite replicate that in-person conversation that you can have with people at, at those demos. And how do you, so you have a subscription model also where people can buy online. How do you create an affinity for your product online? Like I understand you have beautiful packaging, you have beautiful design elements, and that's probably the start of it. And maybe you can create a lifestyle aesthetic. But I think it's so fascinating that this whole subscription coffee business and this third wave of coffee is happening online. Like, how do you stand out there? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. I think 
first to answer, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of break that up in, into two answers, I suppose. And, and really, I want to also mention, you know, there's, there's all these grave things that, that, that COVID is, is bringing and everybody is, you know, it's, we're kind of limping along, but, you know, to find some silver lining, like I said at the beginning, you know, we've, we founded ourselves on the subscription service. So, you know, when, when this happened, we're like, oh, great. Okay. Well, switching gears and like, we got this, like, we know how to do Mm -hmm. this. We know how to do subscriptions. This is what we've been doing. Um, And so I think uh, with that said, I think the, the way that we've been able to build a kind of community i suppose you could say online is trying to how do you say like like cross integrate um (laughs) digital integration right between social media conversations and communication email communication Mm -hmm. and then i have this vlog um series as well where i talk about everything from you know really geeky awesome like fermentation in in the coffee process all the way to just creating a really cool tutorial that's easy for your home cold brew coffee you know Mm -hmm. um and so what i've been trying to do is sort of link all of the, the the sort of physical experience of receiving the package in the mail but then having these conversations via email via social media whether it be sort of the kind of static posts that you make in your feed and you're like nine block but also I, I've been integrating more live Instagram feeds to kind of get people to 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 see me and know that that I that I am still here guiding their coffee experience. And that's sort of our to then answer your second question, how do you stand out? I think that's where we're trying to um, create a sort of corner of that market. A lot of there's a lot of third third party subscription programs like uh, Trade or Tradeco is one. Yep. Um, Brothers Coffee, Misto Box is probably the biggest one. And you know they have great programs. We're actually in conversations with one of them to potentially get into their into their rotation. Um, but I think what what they're accomplishing is something different for the person who really wants to try different roasters. That is those are those are the best. Right. Because that's what they do. They they don't roast coffee. They work with roasters to send you something new and interesting every month. What we're trying to do is take I don't want to say take it one step further, but we're we're it's the same roaster. Right. And essentially, I'm coming at it with the same perspective and process and method methodology. But what I'm trying to guide people through is what I feel is some of the most important aspects of the coffee um, uh, uh, marketplace, I suppose, is like making coffee the hero, right? This is sort of the internal mantra that we talk about in on our team. And what do I mean by this? Well, it's it's both the farmer and the origin and the region, but it's also about the specific coffee that that farmer might be growing or the specific process. So we're we're bringing people in to show that like, yeah, you might have a Colombian coffee, but this Colombian coffee and this Colombian coffee taste completely different. And in fact, I'm I'm actually about to unveil a project at the end of this week where we've taken a single variety from the same farmer, same exact lot, same season, everything is exactly the same about this specific coffee, except this farmer and producer processed it in different, in three different ways, and you get dramatically different flavor profiles. That's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Very is cool. it, does, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, I do like the way that you're talking about coffee in this whole experiential way and how you're sort of our guide taking us on these little journeys. I like that idea. Mm, yeah. Well, well, thank you. It's, it, it, it's definitely something we're trying to, to accomplish. And I think, you know, we've, we've heard affirmation from both loyal, like kind of fans, um, both close and far from my kind of personal community as well. So it's, it's, it, it, it's good. It seems like like we're we're starting to accomplish what we're what we're setting out to do. Obviously, always room for growth and development. But yeah. So the coffee shop uh, that you're planning, the roastery, that is completely just on hold. How does that work? Do, do you is the development on hold? Is it just that you decide like, Hey, we're going to get back to this once we know if anything can even open. I can't imagine the amount of limbo that you're in and the amount of investment that you've put in it already. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good question. We're doing kind of, uh, not to get too, too far into it, but like it, it's sort of a, a unique scenario where we're essentially partnering with the building owners to build this thing. Great. So it's sort of, it, it's, it, it, it it, it's really great because it, it um, I don't know, it creates a, a different type of partnership. Yeah, and it spreads the risk around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And I would say that, yes, it is on hold. I think what, what, what was beneficial is that ground, because it's going into the lobby space that's already built, a lot of the sort of foundational stuff had already been long, long, long past done. Yep. Um, and so really, it's just standing up the kind of coffee bar itself. Um, and so, yes, it's definitely in a weird limbo state. And I think both parties, us and, and, and our partners are like, do we actually... We, we haven't even really discussed it, to be quite honest, because they they <laughs> I think we kind of it's this sort of unspoken um, awareness that it's like we really probably need to wait until things have become more safe. Yeah. You know, and and, and healthy. For, yep. for, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, a, a coffee bar like this is going to be largely an amenity for this building and this great makers and creative community here in this building. And if nobody can be in the building to work, then, well, you know, why, why, why brew coffee? Do you feel like, this is a really weird question, but do you feel like you're fighting for your survival right now? Or do you feel like because you have the subscription model that you're okay with where you're at, but that the growth potential and the vision just has just ground to a halt? I would say it's probably somewhere I believe that to to answer your question in this way, I believe that we'll make it through this. I think that 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 definitely does not mean that we are growing by by no means, mm-hmm. but I think be, because of the 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 state that we that we've been in, I think because we're still we're right on the cusp of that like gr- um uh like growth period if that makes sense. Like yep. we have such a small and nimble and, um, uh, a pivotable pivot. How do you say that? Pivotable is a word. Pivotable, pivotable. <laughs> if it's not now, now it is, I guess, uh, we have a really pivotable and nimble team, right? So we can kind of scale back a little bit and kind of protect ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, 
in a way we are struggling like everybody else is, but, but I will say like, we are, we don't have five cafes that we just had to shut down yeah. and fur- furlough, you know, 50 to a hundred baristas. Have you applied for any of the loans that are being offered? I have not personally, because we're waiting to make sure that the people that are really you know, desperate for that are, are getting that. Isn't that funny? You're not alone in your assessment of that. I talked to another small business person yesterday who has a shop that's closed and who sells a food product. And she said the exact same thing to me. And I really, I think it's so fascinating that, that our maker community is that um, generous, I guess, or selfless Mm. Because I was looking at her from a business standpoint and thinking, wow, you've really suffered a lot of losses here. And she was like so quick to point out the people that really have suffered the losses. You know what I mean? I just thought that was so interesting. And you just echoed exactly what she just said. Yeah, well, 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 certainly, certainly those are conversations that 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 we have been having. You know, again, we we I think just because of how we you know, we, we really were careful to create this, this online business as we were doing all these growth efforts in our retail and our wholesale to create a a great like core community of, of, of fans and, 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 and coffee connoisseurs and and lovers, frankly. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But also from, from a business perspective too, when you have, that subscription service i think this is why so many companies have flooded to that subscription model right is that it is a it's a recurring um generating revenue stream right that i think is is predictable um and so i think that has been that has been really helpful in this time um and like i said you know it's the the food and beverage industry is is so difficult to i mean profit margins are razor thin right right i'm sure you've heard this from a lot of other restaurants and and i yeah i just to echo this this sentiment like restaurants who probably are operating i'm just throwing out a percentage but you know i i would bet at least half of of their output i would think right from a normal operating standpoint. I mean, that, that is, that is tough. That is difficult. And that needs to be, that, that needs to be, um, helped, I suppose. Yeah. More at this point. When you look at your point of differentiation, you know, that you're kind of the person that's taking us on this journey to these coffee farms, helping us understand the nuances of coffee, um, mm-hmm. your design is really remarkable just in the way that the packaging looks and the way your website looks. Do you do that or did you hire someone to do that? And where did all yeah. that aesthetic come together? Yeah. So we, so the actual branding, first of all, thank you. I, I am so in love with our packaging. I hope that doesn't sound, um, bad no, to love your own packaging. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you should love it, right? If, yes. If, if you're out there um, selling it, but um, but so we worked. So farmers markets are a great thing for so many reasons. We've done a lot of them, but we've met. 
I've met some really important people in our in, in the history of our business through farmers markets. Uh, the first was the actual designer of our um, branding. Um, it was uh, when I was out in Boston, the only farmers market I could qualify for was the dinkiest little farmer's market in Harvard Square. Nobody <laughs> ever showed up. It was a winter farmer's market. It was like, it was super cute. It was in these little red huts and it was right across the river from where I lived. And I would just like, I I would, I was singing in a, a professionally in this church choir down the street from where this market was. Mm-hmm. And my best friend and I would wake up super early in the morning, brew like five or six AirPods, I'd drop him off, help him set up, and then he would sell coffee for two hours while I ran down the road, sang, and ran back, and then relieved him, and then I would sell the rest of the farmer's market. We, we, we would be lucky to sell, like, two or three bags and a couple cups of coffee. I mean, it was but, – but it was a good experience. It was the first farmer's market we were in. Long story short, I met this wonderful couple um, named Polina and Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what they did, but they came in one day. They didn't even buy coffee. They, we just had a great conversation about coffee um, and really nothing else, just about coffee, origin, blah, blah. Then I, I stayed in touch with them. They bought a bag of coffee online. I hand-delivered it. We had another great conversation. Still had no idea what they did for a living. And then I had this event, and they came to this event. And I was like, okay, Polina Jordan, what do you folks do for work? And she's like, oh, well, I'm one of the like lead designers for Jacobin magazine, which is this kind of like um, really beautifully designed political magazine Mm -hmm. out of Brooklyn. But she was based out of Cambridge, Mass. And he is a professional documentarian and uh, film producer. And like was doing had just come back from Ethiopia actually to doing a documentary about this village of runners down there. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, Polina, can we please talk? Because we're literally looking to do some design work. I know you got a full-time job, but maybe you'll take on, you know, a side project. Wow. This is a long answer. Um, <laughs> sorry, Stephanie, to just say that like we, we, we clicked and we essentially hired her, um, and uh, she and I worked together to try and bring this vision to, to life in, in, in our branding. And what the whole purpose was in, in this branding, if you notice on our bags and everything, like the name of our company is not, uh, it's there, you can find it, but it's, it, it's sort of on, in, the, in the background, right? It's sort of middle of the, of the stage if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So if you notice, the the actual label sits over our name and has the region, the country, and the farmers, all that stuff is front and center. Um, so it's this design way of getting through what our core mission is. You know, the coffee is the hero. The coffee is the hero, this mantra that we have. Um, and then those those color aspects are are these flavor categories. Right. And, um, what, what I realized is I wanted to create this, this coffee company that helped guide people through their own curiosity. But what I wanted to do is create a sort of categorical system that, that we could start out any type of coffee drinker, whether they're 
the most knowledgeable, have worked in the industry for 30 years, all the way to the casual everyday coffee drinker who, you know, didn't know that coffee originated from Ethiopia or grew in a cherry. And like, so how do you build a specialty premium product business to meet all those people where they are, right? And so what I found is that categorizing these coffees helps guide every type of coffee drinker. And we tried a bunch of different iterations. And what we realized through kind of market research and talking to customers and talking to coffee drinkers, that people would categorize coffee in sort of three plus one category, which is smooth, bold, and sweet, right? People, people could just say, oh, I love sweet coffee. I love smooth coffee. And then we added this unique um, kind of catch-all to sort of highlight really interesting um, uh, uh, processes or something that is unique in in the in the process of coffee mm-hmm. that goes in there. I think I answered your question, but just try and rein me back. Did I? Yeah, you know you did. Okay, it was a good story. Great. Good story. Yeah, no. So so Polina did the design, but now I'm sort of the webmaster. I've redesigned the website like six times because I'm never quite pleased with it. Plus, uh, believe it or not, I'm not a uh, professional web designer. Um, so <laughs> all the things you have time. to do as a small business person that you oh, really a have no business doing, but b you have to do. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So. Well, I'm so, excited yeah. to talk to you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the coffee subscription so people are listening, want to support your business, they can do that. Yeah, I appreciate it. So so simply put, you you sign up for the subscription. You can sign up for weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And I essentially guide you through single origin coffee, largely small lot, through these four flavor categories. So every shipment, you're going to get a different category smooth, bold, sweet, unique, smooth, bold, sweet, unique. And many times when that category comes back around, it'll be a different coffee in that category. So you could potentially get up to like 24 different single origin coffees in a year if you did a um, uh, a month or a bi- bi-weekly subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, something else unique that we do is that we only charge people per shipment um, and we try to, you know, there's, um, I don't want to say reward because that sounds, that uh, doesn't have a good power dynamic by, by using that word. But it's like, when you sign up for a subscription, like you kind of want like some kind of economic benefit, right? For just sort of having that kind of monthly thing. So we, we give folks a nice, uh, a special price. So essentially it's $17 a shipment and you're only charged for the shipment that you're receiving. And we, I only roast to order, so you will get that coffee either the day before or the day of your uh, payment, basically. So, so, yeah, so it's quick turnaround, great guide through single origin, uh, unique special coffees through these four flavor categories. All right, I love it. And how much is each subscription? 17 bucks. That's okay. it. You don't have to pay n- nothing, uh, no kind of forward paying or anything. It's just you start at 17 and the, the, the truck starts moving and we just explore. Keep going from there. I love it. Exactly. And exactly. Instagram people can follow you where? S.K.Coffee um, on Instagram, Facebook if you're on there, uh, SK Coffee, please. 
And same name, skcoffeeplease.com is our website. All right, Sam, I appreciate your being a guest. I look forward to seeing how you evolve. And if the lobby coffee shop idea takes hold, because I think it would be a great asset to that building and to all those makers there. Thank you for being such a great part of our maker community and recognizing how unique it is here. You've got the perspective of having been in a couple of maker communities and this maker community of Minnesota folks is pretty great. I agree. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thanks, Sam. And thank you. Okay, thank we'll you. talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.